0: All right, bear with me here. It's been a bit of a week. We're going to talk a little bit about vegetarian slash vegan diets, thinking beyond progressive overload, and then we'll dig a little bit deeper in on uh, what I've been up to this week and uh, what I'm hoping I'm up to in the week ahead. And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, This is the drop set with your host, Darren Starr. Well, hello and welcome to episode 204 of The Drop Set. I'm Darren Starr. Thanks for joining me here. So a few things housekeeping right off the bat. Go to thedropset.com and vote in the poll that we had put up fairly recently. The question is, what is your go-to method of cardio? And there are a few options there. There are still an embarrassingly low number of votes. I am uh, I'm one of those guys, you know, it, it always feels a little bit hacky whenever... Um, somebody like a trainer is posting online about their coaching business and they're like, I got two spots open. Realistically, I mean, they got 30 spots open. Okay. They just want to say two because it sounds like, you know, they're, they're more in demand that way. Um, so I want to say like, well, you know, I'm looking for some more votes. I have 11 fucking votes right now. 11. Okay. That is embarrassing. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to air my dirty laundry out here. 11 votes. I'm embarrassed by that. So please, please, help me out. Go to the drop Um, I did have somebody say that they couldn't find the poll. If you go to the drop set.com and you look at the page, it's like right up there at the top. It says the drop set podcast with Darren star bodybuilding for the masses subscribe to the drop set podcast. There's a button for Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube. It's immediately below that. What's your go-to method of cardio? And there's a bunch of options. So go vote, please, please. I will beg. I'm begging right now. I am on my hands and knees right now. You can't see me. You don't know that I'm not. I'm on my hands and knees right now. Okay. I'm not, I'm in my chair, but I'm figuratively in my head. I'm on my hands and knees. Okay, please, please go vote. Um, Go uh, review the podcast. Leave a star rating. Leave a review. Whatever it lets you do wherever you listen to it. Uh, On Apple, they'll let you write a review. Cool. You can leave a star rating. On uh, Spotify, you can go and leave a star rating. I am waiting for the day when I go to Spotify and there are enough ratings that it will actually show my star rating. Right now, it says, as soon as we get more ratings, we'll display this. like, God, come on. Come on, go. I know a bunch of people listen to it on Spotify, so please, please. I don't, I, I didn't want to come on here and just start whining, but I'm gonna, so th- there's an easy way to uh, to make me stop this. Just Just give me everything I want, and then I will stop, okay? Please. Thank you. So, <laughs> go. <laughs> leave a rating, leave a review, whatever. I almost said I don't even care if it's a bad review. I do care. I do care if it's a bad review or a bad rating. If you're going to do that, don't, but please, please. Nonetheless, um, as always share, uh, you know, I, I watch so many YouTube videos. I I keep just saying, I want to just say like, share, like, and subscribe and mash the notification bell. But there, there is none of that stuff here. So, um, subscribe wherever you are. Sure. But share the episodes, tag me in it and, uh, let your friends know that you're listening and uh, get them on board as well. So, um, okay. With all that crap out of the way, you uh, heard in the cold open what we're going to be talking about today. A little bit of plant-based dietary action, uh, a little bit of thinking beyond progressive overload. A couple other little things here and there as well. Those are the big highlights. And I wanted to bring everybody up to speed on what I'm doing here. So I was sick last week. So I wanted to record a podcast. It wasn't going to be on Monday because Monday was Labor Day and you know it's uh, uh, it was a busy work day anyway. So I'm like, no, nope, no, nope, we'll do it on Friday. Well, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, my wife was kind of sick. Not too bad, but she was kind of feeling a little bit there. She took a COVID test on Tuesday morning before she went back to work just to make sure it wasn't that. It wasn't. Um, And uh, so then it's kind of weird how it went down at some point on Tuesday, I swallowed something wrong and coughed as a result of that. And I coughed so violently. It felt like I injured my esophagus. It's like, Oh, that feels different. Something happened there. And so immediately I had a sore throat, but then I started to get congested. I'm like, okay, well, that was clearly just a coincidence. I don't know. but And then I just had a bad sore throat and congestion for like four days, and I slept like crap, and oh, it was miserable. It sucked. So um, I'm not usually one to get a man cold too bad, but I was kind of feeling it, except I couldn't really like let my true level of suffering show because my wife felt really bad that she gave it to me, and I didn't want her to feel any worse. So I kind of put on a little bit of a brave face more than I usually would, but God, it sucked so uh, anyway, um, I'm better now I'm sure you can hear I don't necessarily sound like my, like myself I definitely feel way better so I feel pretty good uh, just the voice isn't quite uh, quite where it needs to be but anyway um, so I'm still plugging away and I tell you what when you're sick, even though it's one of those things where I don't know it's it wasn't really a huge interruption in the routine like I kept doing cardio even though I like I didn't miss a session, but I missed some minutes and I certainly missed some calories burn because a lot of that was, I was just kind of sleepwalking through it. And eventually I'm just like, you know, 10 minutes into the session. I'm like, what am I doing? I just shut it down and left early. Uh, I just had nothing in the tank. Um, the diet stayed totally on point. So that was all good, but I still gained weight throughout the week. Um, and it, it was just, you know, TMI, but you know, in, in the bodybuilding world, there's no such thing as TMI just kind of mildly constipated from like, I guess, Sudafed and whatever else I was taking, uh, you know, it's, it's like just rummaging through the closet, looking for any kind of pills to take like, oh, okay, cool. That says it's for the dog, but whatever. Let me just try that, you know, just throw it all in there. See what happens. Um, I'm just kidding. I didn't take any of the dog's meds. He needs them. So I want to steal him from his stash. It's not fair to him. Uh, and, uh, I don't, I don't need, I don't need his eye medications. That's not going to help me out. Uh, so yeah, a few days and, you know, finally yesterday I started feeling a little bit more normal, finally slept well last night. So today kind of back to it. So, um, I did post some pictures on Instagram. If you go and follow me there at Darren underscore star. My progress picks from last week um, from Wednesday, which were the middle of the week actually um, coach asked for a separate set just to kind of to keep her on the up and up a little bit more um, so let me just pull this back up here and get the numbers correct so yeah the starting photo here is July fifteenth at two hundred and forty eight pounds. And then September 7th, so this is about seven weeks at 219. So 29 pounds in seven weeks. So um, to say I've been hammering it and on a little bit of an aggressive cut, you'd be correct. Yeah. And I'm looking at these photos. I am not going to lie. I am not impressed by these. I'm really not. Um, Like I'm not as fat in the starting picks as I felt. And I'm not as lean in the current picks as I thought I was. Um, so as I'm looking at these, I'm like, eh, whatever. Okay. Right, there's a difference. Sure. But not, not what I wanted to see. Not what I want to see. So just goes to show you, no matter how long you've been doing this, et cetera, no matter how much you got your head in the game and all that stuff, you can still look at your picks and just be like, what the hell is going on here? And it's kind of like, why am I doing this? Ugh. But you know, it's because it's a, uh, it's not a stopping point. It's just a, uh, yeah, it's a step along the way. So, Anyway, all good. All good there. Um, What else? What else has been going on in my life? Been working on some music a little bit. We took the dogs out to the mountains yesterday. That was fun. Um... Always fun to see little Derby, um, who, if you look in my Instagram story right now, there's a photo of her from this morning where she really did not want to get out of bed. Um, really cute. But she's just scared of everything. But you take her out in nature when there's nobody around. We parked the car. We walked across the old logging road, um, little gravel road. And then, boom, you're right there at a river with just a whole bunch of rocks, trees all over the place, and just running water and that. And her tail's up and wagging, and she is like happy as a clam and for because normally as we walk through the neighborhood she's kind of like scared of everything like oh there's a parked car oh there's a trash can oh god everything's trying to kill me and she gets out there and it's just like all that goes away like ah and that's when it occurs to me like we just need to go live off the grid somewhere so that's what we're doing this is the last episode of the podcast and we are going to go live um on top of a mountain somewhere that's it peace out y'all uh okay, that's not happening. But it sure sounds kinda nice some days, doesn't it? Um uh, who am I kidding? I would I would last about six hours in a situation like that. And then I'd be like, okay, this was a bad idea. Never mind. Um so there were some other things that I wanted to cover. Was there I don't know. Were there? Um I don't know, probably not Let, let's dig in let's dig in I'm gonna uh, see if I can keep this mercifully short. just because I honestly don't know how long my voice is gonna hold out here um, I've done a bunch of client check-ins this morning, so I'm a little fatigued already um, but uh, So far so far so good and I think if I just kind of chill out and don't try to get too overly animated about stuff Then I'll be okay. So so let's talk about something that's very very calming to me, which is uh vegetarian diets. It is not calming because I had this happen last week with a, a client who out of the blue for no discernible reason said, what's your thoughts on, um, vegetarian dieting? And I'm like, well, uh, and the first thing I said is, did you watch game changers on Netflix? Cause here's the problem with that <laughs> go into it all. And she's like, I did actually, I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. That is the, I mean, so in making that, I will use finger quotes here, documentary, Um, they have fulfilled their purpose, which is they've started a conversation about it and they are swaying hearts and minds. The only problem is they're doing it with cherry picked data that does not represent reality. So this is not a diatribe on game changers because as I said, I'm trying to keep things calm and nothing pisses me off more than that crappy fake documentary like that enrages me so we're not going to talk about that if you want to read about it just type in game changers t nation and read the article by christian thibodeau and that sums up my thoughts on it 100 so um he he said it uh better than i could and put it in uh very plain terms it spells it all out so that being said that is a propaganda piece however there are some valid reasons why somebody might want to go vegetarian and so the real question here and this comes from my client Grace who asks can a person on a plant based diet still maximize their body's potential or would an omnivore style diet be needed her being plant based so she has kind of a vested interest in this and to be clear yes I work with people who follow a plant based diet the distinction I make is that I don't write your meal plan if that's the case we follow a macronutrient based diet because um, you can't do it on whole foods alone. Like if I give you a set of macro targets, um, and, and uh, it, like when I write a meal plan, it's all, it's all a whole foods diet. It's all food commodities. That's all I write because I'm not going to put packaged foods on a meal plan because anything packaged is usually going to be branded. And if something is branded, that means it's unique in some way, um, which means that the macronutrients might not be the same. Like one thing that comes up is like a breakfast carb source, right? People want like a bagel or an English muffin or something for breakfast. Do I have a problem with that? No, I don't, but I'm not going to write one bagel. On a meal plan, because well, how big is that bagel? Is that a mini bagel or a regular one? What kind? What brand? Etc. It's like there's no consistency. Like a bagel is not a commodity. Like the kind that you, the kind that you would buy in a store is not a commodity. Based on brand, etc. They're going to be different from one brand to the next based on you know flavor, variety, etc. So, and I'm not going to say like okay, we'll get this brand of bagel this flavor because then it's like well i can't find that brand i don't like that flavor i'm like and then it's the game of like okay well what can you find go buy it and tell me what the numbers are and i'll plug that into the meal plan at that point i'm just teaching you how to do macros i'm not going to write that fucking meal plan because i don't have time to mic i don't have time or willingness or desire to micromanage someone's diet to that extent at that point it's like let me teach you how to track macros, and then you can do this, and you can do it all throughout the whole day for whatever foods you want. You can use anything packaged you want. If it's a meal plan for me, it's not going to be anything packaged. And the problem is, many, if not all of the protein sources that you have to use if you're following a, a plant-based diet are going to be packaged and they're going to be branded and they're going to be, you know, different from one place to another. Uh, they're not going to be universally available. Like I could say, well, get this brand of this. And then it's the whole like, well, I can't find this. Okay, well, what can you find? Well, I got this. Okay, well, those numbers suck. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, can you find this instead? No. Okay, but and it's like, no, no. So it's not that it's not that I have anything against anybody following a plant-based diet. It's a logistical thing. Like I can't write your meal plan. Um, but teach somebody how to do macros. If they don't already know it's easy, it's not a problem. That's fine. So, um, I make that distinction. So I work with plenty of plant-based athletes, but it's all macro based. So I don't write those meal plans. Um, so, uh, Let's see. Uh great. <laughs> Grace's follow-up to that question was, if there's a concern that the answer to this one would drive away current or potential plant-based clients, uh then you know she still wants to know. To which I say, no, no. I mean no. Can you still maximize your body's potential? I would say yes, with as you can hear, a little bit of hesitation there. So I I you know me, like anybody who's listened to this podcast for more than, you know, 75 seconds knows that I love analogies, right? Here's the analogy. Let's say that you are a typical, I'm going to say white guy of average athletic ability. Okay. And you want to learn how to dunk a basketball. Okay. So that's going to, that's going to take some work for you. Right. So, um, now, it's doable. Yeah, there, there, there are plenty of guys who learn how to develop some hops, and they can do it. But you got to train for it. You got to. It's going to be a work in progress. You got to work on that vertical. You got to strengthen your legs. You've got to develop the technique. You've got to learn how to do it with a the ball. There's skill involved. You know, there's multiple skills involved. So it's going to take some practice. It's going to take time to develop the drive, the power, and the just overall strength needed to pull it off. Um, so going plant based basically says okay. We're going to learn how to dunk a basketball, but you're going to do it from a dirt court instead of an asphalt court. Or maybe maybe a dirt court after a little bit of a rain, right? So it's like, ooh, okay, it's a little dicey. Yeah, th- the higher degree of difficulty here, right? And, and my philosophy on the whole thing, and again, this doesn't get into people's reasons for why they might want to do it, which I would say, you know, do it for the right reasons. And um, the reason I mentioned game changers is because that is not a right reason. That is falling for propaganda. So don't watch that and make up your mind. But if you have some other reason, and great, that is fine. If, if it's an environmental uh, sustainability reason, if it's a, you know, animal cruelty reason, those are all well and good that is fine. And I support anybody who comes to it with a good, valid reason like that. Um, and it's it's also not really, you know, my job to determine if somebody's reason is valid or not. But I just want to make sure if you're doing it based on information, that the information isn't crap. Um, so, you know, as long as there's a good reason involved, do it. Absolutely. That is fine. That is fine. So, um, but if you're going to do that, I mean, what you're, what you're doing with bodybuilding is you're taking something that's Let let me just speak frankly here. Bodybuilding is really fucking hard. And what we're trying to do here is like do every little thing that we can to make it a little less hard. Like a a percentage point here, a percentage point there, all these things add up. Like, you know, are any of the supplements that we take, are they really necessary? No, but they all get you a couple percentage points closer to where we want to be. Right? Like it all helps. Like, does your diet have to be so, you know, completely and totally dialed in? No, but it makes things move a little faster, which makes your patience less of an issue. So, it makes it so that you're going to notice things at a little bit more of an acceptable rate. It's still a slow process, but it's not as slow as it could be. So, you know, we're taking something, we're trying to make it a little bit easier. So, going plant-based does make it a little harder. And, man, that's a step in the wrong direction. So... uh. That being said, like somebody who's Grace, somebody like Grace, who has been you know plant based long term, um, it's all she really knows, right? So she doesn't really know what she's missing out on. Okay, that's fine. You know, she's learning how to dunk a basketball on a, a soggy, wet court, dirt court, right? So she'll she'll be fine. She'll be fine. Um, if somebody wasn't plant based and they went that direction, you know, then they're they're probably you know maybe going to notice something. Um, So it's a question of, you know, does it make it easier or harder? Well, certainly, you know, it makes it harder. (laughs) How much? Well, you know, and I I would kind of argue, depending on your reasons, it makes it enough harder that I'm not doing it. You know, I mean, I, I have concerns over environmental sustainability for sure, but Um, I'd rather just like keep my protein intake in the bodybuilding realm of things a little bit more reasonable, um, rather than, you know, cut out animal-based proteins altogether. So that's my take. Um, and by reasonable, I mean like not 400 grams, like it's, it's still relatively high for sure. It's just not insane. Um, but, uh, anything that makes it harder is a non-starter for me. It's already fucking hard enough. I don't need it to be any harder. No, no, that's just a big fat no for me. No, thanks. So um, what it comes down to ultimately is a couple of factors here. Um, One of which is the concept of bioavailability, um, which I tend to usually talk about in fairly, um, fairly simplistic terms, just because as soon as you stop talking about it in simplistic terms, like it goes from like, oh, okay, I understand that concept to wait, what the fuck are we talking about here real fast, real fast. So the general concept of bioavailability, if I can really dumb it down, it's kind of like, okay, you're taking in this protein, how much of it can your body actually break down and use? Right. And that, that's one of those things where it, ha, it has to do with, you know, it varies food to food. So foods have a bioavailability score. So um, the gold standard for this historically has been egg whites, um, which have a bioavailability score of 100. Great. So whey protein concentrate and isolate are somewhere around like, you know, 70 to 95, you know, concentrate being on the lower end of that isolate being on the higher end of that. Um, and then vegan sources, uh, some of them like uh, pea protein, for example, is like in the 80s, something like that. It's kind of the uh, exemplary version of that. Um, most of them are much lower, like soy-based stuff is is quite a bit lower, et cetera. So um, I'll have the numbers readily available here. Uh, that would have been smart to look up beforehand, but I did not. Um, but then so that's bioavailability, but then there's another statistic, which is um, your PDC AAS, which is your protein digestibility corrected amino acid score, which um, has to do with uh, you know what does you, what does your body need as far as. Um, Uh, Amino acids are concerned the ratios of one to the other uh, amino acids being the uh, Things that that make up a a protein so um, you've heard of branch chain amino acids That's three of them together and then your essential amino acids That's a group of nine which include the branch chain amino acids and then you've got your non-essential amino acids this difference between essential and non-essential is what can your body make on its own That's the non-essentials versus what do you need to get from diet, which is the essentials. So essentials as far as like, what do you need to bring? What is essential to bring in that your body cannot produce on its own? That's your essential amino acids. So, um, and then there's another statistic and I don't remember what this one's called, but it's, oh, it's like a, uh, oh God. I don't remember exactly what it is, but this is this is where it gets into the okay, just never mind, forget I asked territory, which is okay. Well, your bioavailability really depends on all the other foods that you take in throughout the day. Like if you just take in, you know, like whey protein and no other protein source all day long, okay. Well, that that's kind of what um, bioavailability or even a uh, protein digestibility corrected score um, kind of indicates. Um, but then it's like, well, what does that look like in the mix of all these other foods? And then it depends on, okay, well, what other foods and it's really unknowable. So typically, um, the scores in that are a little bit higher, um, in whatever ranking system that is. I can't, again, I can't remember what it's called, um, because everything kind of complements everything else. So if something is a little deficient in one amino acid, um, some other food can bring that up. So you'll find like certain diets, like a, you know, a Brazilian diet or an Indian diet or whatever, um, will have their own scores and rankings under this classification system. But even then it's like, yeah, but you know, if somebody said American diet, what does that mean? I have no idea. Do you know what an American diet is? Right? No. no. I mean, that, that doesn't mean anything. American diet doesn't mean anything. So Indian diet, like I can think of some foods that might be involved there, but I don't know what, you know, like that that's a definition that's too broad and doesn't mean anything. So that score where all the numbers get a little bit higher, I take that with a massive grain of salt because... Um, the other thing is like bodybuilders aren't really known for their food varieties, right? A lot of, a lot of people tend to hammer the same, you know, one to two to three protein sources all day long, which is going to reduce the gain and score that you get from that, uh, that biodiversity. So, um, so it's hard to say, and that's why, again, there isn't anything where there's no online calculator where you can go in and say, okay, well, this food, this food, this food, this food, this food, and this food. If we put all those together and I have all those in the day, then what's my – I'm going to just make up the name for it here – what's my aggregate bioavailability throughout the day? There's no calculator for that. It's, it's unknowable. So I prefer to focus more on the slightly – uh easier to understand standard bioavailability or the PDC score. So protein digestibility corrected score, um, which generally, yeah, yeah, anything plant-based is going to be a little bit lower on that scale, a little bit lower. Yeah. Enough to make a difference. Yeah. Probably a small difference. Yeah. Um, and it's enough where I'm not willing to give up that difference. So, um, now if somebody like grace has always basically given up that difference, eh, you know, Uh, the, uh, it's kind of like if you're, if you're used to swimming against the current, you know, you just learn to deal with it. (laughs) And then if suddenly somebody shuts it off, it's like, Whoa, what's going on here? So, um, you know, could she gain something by going to more of an omnivorous diet? Well, probably. But the question then is, is it worth it? You know, is she going to immediately like realize, Oh man, now I can pack on 15 pounds of muscle without even trying. No. No. No, it's going to be much more subtle than that. And, you know, what is she giving up in the process? That just depends on her reason for being plant-based to start. So um, is it necessarily something that should influence your decision-making beyond, okay, this will make it harder, should I do that? Uh, I don't think it is. And, uh, again, a lot of people are willing to make that concession, like, yeah, this will make it a little bit harder, but my reason for doing it is strong enough that I'm okay with that. That's fair. And if you're like me and saying this will make it harder, and my reason for doing it is not strong enough for me to not care about that, then I'm gonna go ahead and give myself a pass and say that's okay too. So, um, yeah. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, there's more to say on that. I had I had one other uh, one other little nugget. I wanted to espouse on that. Oh, cost! Yeah, typically, like your uh, your plant based protein sources are going to be um, typically a little bit more expensive. Now, with with recent changes in inflation, that might be less true. Um, I know that specifically, like chicken and turkey have gone up um, a pretty good bit, as well as beef. So, uh, there there might be less truth to that now. But I think generally, and I haven't checked prices on you know i don't, I don't go in and looking at um you know meat substitute products very often or anything like that, so I don't know, but generally speaking that is historically held true that they're a little more expensive. The other thing, and this is just a math thing that with the bioavailability um one way to counteract that is if you just take in more protein, okay it's not as bioavailable, but it's it's kind of like you know if you're oh what's a good analogy for this? Somebody out there already has it in your head and you're shouting at your phone, you're on the treadmill and you're shouting it into space, like it's like this, dumbass. Like, I know, but I can't hear you. Um Well anyway. Uh oh, yeah. Okay, here you go. It's like if your uh if your tire has a hole in it and you keep putting air in it, it's like, Well, yeah, that air is just going to leak back out, but you might as well keep putting air in it, right? And it keeps it from going too flat. So it's the same kind of thing. Like, yeah, your, your protein isn't as bioavailable, but if you take in more, then, you know, that's still less bioavailable, but you've got more protein available in total anyway, even though the percentage hasn't changed. The problem is that with a plant-based diet, most people struggle to hit... Even a slightly more modest protein target. So, um, if I wanted somebody at like 150 grams of protein um, and they're doing a plant based diet and they're kind of new to it and they're like, well, I don't know how to do that, okay, they might struggle to get 110 or 120, um, at which point, you know, the bioavailability score is going to have that way lower than the 150 that I would have targeted initially. So, there is a little bit of that. Now, with some practice and with some. Um <laughs> some budgetary fortitude. In other words, just, you know, it's going to be expensive, but just suck it up and deal with it. Um, you, you can, you can kind of buy your way out of that problem. It's like, well, how do I get my protein up there? We'll just buy more of it. Yeah, that's, that's what there is to it. So, um, and you've got to watch the other thing about this is that, um, a lot of those protein sources historically, again, I haven't, I haven't checked the game in a while, so I'm not sure, but historically a lot of them have really come with uh, the price of a lot of extra trace carbs and fats as well, which would eat up additional carbs and fats that you could be plugging in from other sources too. So it might be just a little less satisfying overall, um, which is another concern, um, These are all fairly minor concerns in the grand scheme of things. Also, you will find plenty of people out there who are competitors who look ridiculous and say, plant-based all the way, blah, blah, blah. That's all well and good. But, you know, I have a real problem with that because this kind of goes back to one of the things of, of game changers, which is to say, you know, people that do well under Harder circumstances, which, you know, for athletic performance and for bodybuilding, following a plant-based diet is harder. So, for people that do really well with that and are able to, you know, be competitive at a high level and win, it ain't because of their diet. It's because they're hard workers and they got great genetics. So, be mindful of people who champion something like that while looking ridiculous because it ain't their diet that's doing that. Now, their diet's helping them get there, but it's not the driving factor behind it. Similarly, you know, Mister Olympia isn't going to be walking around saying "Eat meat, everybody! I eat meat, and look at this!" I'm like, yeah, you do, but come on, dude. There's a little bit more to it than that. Come on. <laughs> so, you know, you got you to take everything with a little bit of grain of salt, and don't get sucked too much into, don't get sucked up too much into the hype. So, if you kind of watch yourself on that, you'll you'll be in good shape. So. I think that covers pretty much everything I wanted to say on vegetarianism. And it sums up my my thoughts on the process as a whole, which is to say, I have nothing wrong with it. I can't write a meal plan for for a vegetarian or a vegan just for logistical reasons. Um, And uh, it will make things a little bit harder, but that doesn't mean you don't do it. Um, That being said, I I will say universally, if I have a client who I've been working with and they're kind of like, you know, struggling a little bit, maybe they're, they're making some progress, but it's kind of slow. And then they ask me the whole vegetarian question. I will say you better have a damn good reason because it is going to make things harder and it's already hard enough. Uh, I know I keep coming back to that, but that's the best way that I can put it. You're taking a really hard thing and you are making it, even if just by a small amount, you are making it harder. So there better be a good reason. And again, there certainly can be a good reason. I don't want to be misunderstood on that at all. There can be, but better have a good one. So, okay. That being said, we're good there. So um, a- another question uh, on this, and this is going to be relatively brief here. This won't be a, a focal point, but um, and I've talked about this before, but a question came in specifically my thoughts on the keto diet. Um, other than I hate being asked about it at a party, which is probably the most important point to note about the keto diet. Um, do I recommend it for anyone? What are the pros and cons? It is unbelievably rare that I would recommend that. I think at any given time I might have one, maybe two clients who are using it. Right now I do not believe I have any who are using it. So um, that gives you a little bit of my thought on that. Uh, Someone like Dave Palumbo, I don't know what he's doing now but uh, as a coach, hell I don't even, I think he's still coaching Um, that was his thing, like he was the keto coach that's all he did for all of his clients. So if you worked with him, you were getting a keto diet. Um, And I don't know if he's still like that or not, Um, but uh, that was his thing. And he knew how to manipulate it well and great. So awesome. More power to you. Personally, my take on keto is, you know, much like, uh, (laughs) much like uh, being vegetarian. um, It's hard. It's hard. It's, it is impossible for most people to sustain. You'll find a rare exception, but they're, they're rare. Um, it is just not something that's sustainable for most people. And the problem is um, if, if your entire dietary philosophy is just around restricting foods, like certain classifications of foods like carbs. Um, I mean, look at the world that we live in, man. How's that going to work long term? You think, I mean, come on. No. And, and so when, when it's just built around that about about restricting an entire macronutrient worth of foods um when you bring those back in i mean i it is so predictable it is so i i have lost count of how many times i've heard this story of somebody who goes on keto they drop 15 20 pounds and then they fall off because you know they found it too hard to keep up with and then they gain 20 to 25 back it is so pretty. Is there anything specific like under the hood about keto that causes that to happen? No. But when you restrict a certain type of food for so long, um, like an entire classification of food, not like, Oh, I can't have donuts like during prep. This is different. Like I can't eat carbs. Okay. And then you reintroduce carbs. First of all, I mean, there, there is certainly a possibility that your body just forgets how to process it all on entirely. Um, but also You're going to go hard back in the other direction. You're going to make up for all all those carbs that you weren't able to eat for that long. So, yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem that is, again, very predictable. So for that reason, I do not recommend keto. Um, I don't. I think it's uh, the worst option available for most people. Um, It is never my first option for anyone um you know i'm I'm working with a guy right now who when when i started working with him he was very close to keto he was just all about proteins and fats mostly which is very very minimal carbs because he said his his you know carbs just didn't agree with his system well we found some that did and now he's taking in like 400 grams and suddenly it's like, hey, cool, we, we have no problem eating enough in order to grow at this point. So um, that was a pretty a pretty simple discovery process for him, just finding out what works and and then writing that. And then eventually, you know, we got to a point where it's like, oh, OK, we're starting to get some some um, negative effects again, like digestion is kind of taking a little bit of a hit. So we took one of our carb sources, we pulled it back, we swapped in another one. Hey, problem solved. Cool. So, you know, you can be sensitive to things, um, but that doesn't mean you've got to you just cut the cut down an <clears throat> excuse me. It doesn't mean you have to cut down an entire tree worth of macronutrients. So, um, okay. So now let's, uh, let's dig into our final little topic of conversation today, which I have touched on in the past. We talked about this a bit in leveling up, um, leveling up your training a couple episodes ago, but it's about thinking beyond progressive overload. Um, so Progressive overload is like it, it is the fundamental concept of bodybuilding. This is the idea that you are consistently looking to make gains and improvements in the weight that you lift on a given exercise, not only from one week to the next, but also like from one set to the next whenever possible. And I tell you, um, this is probably like if I'm going to write a book, it's probably going to be something around this. So I I, and yeah, I think I am going to write a book at some point, by the way, so I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, you know, by the time we get to maybe episode 387, I'll be able to, you know, tell you what the title of it is. I don't know. We'll see. Um, like what I want to cover is like a lifter's life cycle like the the education of a lifter. And so I need to hone in on this concept a little bit more, but just to give you some idea of what I'm thinking here. Um, there's a point in a lifter's life cycle where progressive overload is really the bread and butter where we need to be. And there's a point before that where we need to worry about other stuff. And there's a point after that where we need to worry about other stuff and focus on other stuff. Because progressive overload is, I would say it should be a large chunk of what your life cycle of lifting is is spent focusing on. But it can't be the only thing. It can't take you forever. If you end up doing this for decades, like I have, um, you know, for a long time, I didn't focus on progressive overload. And then I really focused on it to the exclusion of everything else. And that caused some problems, caused some issues, and it it left some gaps. So um, what I'm trying to think about here is, like, if somebody was starting out, what is the correct order of operations to focus on things here and There's probably some additional phases that are going to come in here, but right now. I would say it's like this Phase one is going to be form and proprioception So proprioception is let let me get the dictionary definition of it here Um, Here we go pro Proprioception there we go Uh, broadly defined proprioception refers to the conscious awareness of body and limbs and has several distinct properties, passive motion, sense, active motion, sense, limb position, sense, and the sense of heaviness. So basically in terms of bodybuilding proprioception is, Hey, when you're performing an exercise, can you feel the muscle groups working? And to that, you might say, well, of course I can. And then I would say, okay, cool. How much do your hamstrings activate when you squat? Anybody? Crickets? Like, that's one of those things where, and for some people, they're like, oh, I really feel it. Great. That's a hard thing to feel in terms of proprioception. Most people are like, well, my hamstrings don't work when I squat. If they really stop to think about it, I'm like, ah, they do. You're just not aware of it, and you need to be aware of it because the more aware of it you are, the more you can actively recruit them to to work harder. Um, It's very easy to have the squats feel like they're all just quads and lower back right and then you can kind of get the glutes working in there if you really think about it getting the hamstrings hamstrings working that's hard how's your proprioception on your back exercises like on a uh you know how how much can you get your lats activated on a row or a pull down um i mean it might seem like a really dumb question to a lot of you and i would say For a lot of you, great. That means that you don't struggle with that. Now, just because you don't struggle with it doesn't mean that your proprioception is as good as it should be either. That's something to think about. And a lot of you would think, well, what do you mean? I'm doing a pull down here. I feel it working. Okay. Do you, though? Do you? I would challenge you, assume that you don't, and try to make yourself feel it harder, that's the goal. The goal is to feel the muscle working at all times and learning to lift with correct form, um, and to keep ego out of the equation. Right. Th- this is really like step one of lifting: proprioception and form. You should spend a lot of time here in in the early days of your lifting, and then we're going to focus on progressive overload. Right. And now it's like okay, taking what we know there, and now. Let's focus on keeping that form, keeping that proprioception, but throwing progressive overload of weight into the mix as well. Okay? And then at some point, and again, there's some missing steps here, so I need to kind of go back and flesh this out over time. You're, you're getting a very, very early rough draft of this book right now. And really, if I'm going to sell books, it needs to be more than two steps. So I'm going to have to invent some steps here. You heard it from me first. I'm going I'm to make shit up to sell books. There you go. Um, but I mean, you know, they might be smaller steps. They won't be totally bogus. Like, okay, now you need to take up knitting, and then that's going to help because it improves your manual dexterity. No, nothing like that. But we're going to focus on on progressive overload. And then at some point, you're going to go back to form and proprioception and see how much of that you've forgotten. And by forgotten, I mean left behind in the pursuit of aiming for greater and greater weights. So... And then I think at that point, you need to dig deeper. So you've kind of got this basic elementary mastery of proprioception and form, and then you start implementing progressive overload. And at this point, like, you know, let's say you spend, I don't know, six months in the first phase, and then you spend two years on a progressive overload phase. Cool. Not the same workouts, but just with that being your primary focus. Maybe it's less than two years. I don't know. Um, Again, I haven't written the book yet, so we got to cut me some slack here. Um, and then, when you go back to form and proprioception again, you're going to dig deeper. You're going to peel back some layers to that onion and and see how you can feel these movements better. Taking what you've learned from the first time, and also you're going to be learning more as you go through that progressive overload phase. And then say, okay, now how can I dig deeper on this and make these muscles work harder? You know, how can I get these hamstrings to come in harder on this squat? You know, how can I really get my adductors working um, when I'm doing an RDL? How can I get my hamstrings and my glutes both working together? Previously, I've only been able to focus on one or the other at a time. So you kind of dig in for the next layer deep. So, um, and then there's probably another phase beyond that. There's probably some intermediate phases and I can't just have it be like, here's step one, here's step two. Now repeat these forever. Um, there's gotta be more to it than that. So it needs a little bit more refinement, but that's the idea. It's it's about thinking beyond progressive overload. And really the word of the day is proprioception there. So, um, if you don't feel the muscle working, then you're not working it effectively. That's what it comes down to. And it also, that's one of the reasons why I, I will hammer on a lot of my clients who are not competitors to practice their posing. It's also proprioception. It's just outside of the gym. It's like, you know, I I maintain and I will put this on a T-shirt. If you can't flare your lats, you can't train your lats with maximum effectiveness. That is a fact. That is a fact. You can do pull-downs all day. But if you can't flare your lats, you're you're leaving, you know, potential activation on the table. Because it's a lack of body awareness. You just don't know how to use that muscle. Um, And so it's just body coordination. It's body awareness. It's proprioception. So those are the things that I want everybody to focus on. So, um, all right. I think I'm sufficiently tired at this point and guess what? It's time to eat as well. So I am going to go do that. And I appreciate everybody listening. I have two other little updates here because I can't just like wind down and then have the music come in. It's like, no, I gotta, I gotta give you some, some teasers here and stuff to think about. So, I made two uh, two purchases yesterday. I'm kind of excited about first one is an upcoming vacation, which is long overdue. So um, the second week of October, uh, the wife and I will be heading up to Massachusetts and Maine for a week of just some relaxation and some sightseeing. She really wanted to see Salem, Massachusetts. Um, as they prepare, prepare for Halloween, um, neither of us have ever been up in that area. So this will be fun. And then we're going to hang out around Portland, Maine for a few days. So, um, we booked that trip finally, um, an actual honest to goodness vacation, which is kind of wild. Um, so I will be absent from here for that week. I will be absent from most of my clients' lives for that week as well. Um, although I have not checked, but I'm sure there are a couple people that are very close to shows then, so I will be in touch with them at the very least. Um and then <laughs> the other thing that was kind of fun is I've had my eyes on this for a while and I finally pulled the trigger on it yesterday. I bought a drone. I bought a drone. So it's not the kind that's going to shoot missiles or rockets or anything like that. I couldn't afford that one. Um, But it does have a 4K camera on it. So I got this specifically to spy on my neighbors. No, not really. Although I might, now that I think about it. I don't know. Um, That would be kind of funny that I'm thinking specifically of one neighbor who I absolutely hate and he's he'll go out there at like 9:30 at night and rev his motorcycle in the driveway for 20 minutes and then just shut it off. Um, and it's just, it's the loudest fucking thing. And I just want to go and punch him in the face. And his dog poops in our yard, and he doesn't pick it up. And uh, last time he did it, I just I picked it up with a pooper scooper and shoved it back in his yard. I had a, that, was, that was one of the most satisfying things I've ever done in my adult life. I ain't gonna lie. I just, like, hooked it. I flung it over there and, psh, like, eat this shit, asshole. I can't stand that guy. Anyway, um, no, I'm not gonna spy on my neighbors. I got it exclusively for um, shooting some cool shots for music videos. So um, we have some music videos that we do need to shoot. I have appointed myself to be the director and videographer and editor of those. I don't know how to do that, but I'm going to do it. And I've been, I've been watching a lot of YouTube tutorials on like music video production. And, um, I'm, I'm decent enough with my, my editing software. I think I can pull it off. I have a lot of ideas for how to shoot it. I understand the technical side of like how to get multi-camera shots into the editor and that kind of stuff. So, um, so I'm excited to do it. And, uh, we have music that's been done for over a year at this point. Um, it has still not been released. So, uh, we got to get it out there but we we're not just gonna release it with nothing to promote it with we got to have a video so um, we did release one song already and I think if I uh, if I look up and go in my uh, Spotify what's it called statistics, whatever. Um, it's probably got a couple hundred plays on it. That's it. So, you know, we don't spend all that money to record songs for a couple hundred plays. (laughs) So we're going to spend some more money and shoot a video. Um, and the, the drone footage will make up a very small percentage of that, but it was a cool toy and I just couldn't resist. So I'm excited to uh, play with a drone when it shows up here. So (laughs) that's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm going to have to resist the urge to not try and just take video footage of the dogs all day long. Although they'll probably be terrified of it realistically. So shouldn't be an issue anyway. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, I have been and will continue to be Darren star. You've been listening to episode two Oh four of the drop set. Please share this episode. Thank you. Follow me on social media at Darren underscore star on Instagram, five star physique on Facebook. Uh, check out five star physique.com. Go to the drop and vote and be the embarrassingly low 12th voter on the poll up at the top of the page please so much and thank you all for listening whether you vote or not i mean please vote but whether you do or not hey i love you anyway thank you